Hey, Jeff. Has anyone ever asked you to use your images for free? Oh, it's definitely happened. Uh, in some cases, I give them the shots. Other times, I turn them down. Yeah, same here. Our work as photographers has value, but knowing how much value is a moving target. So, I don't want to be taken for granted, right? But sometimes, it's really nice to get my work out there. That's true, it is. Now, here's the thing. How do you know when you're being given a great opportunity or being taken advantage of? Nah, it comes down to the money. It always does. You know, I think this is seriously discombobulated. Yep. So let's photocombobulate this. When someone wants to use your images, but they don't want to pay for them. It's both flattering and frustrating. So we're here to talk about when it's okay to give your work away and when it's not. This is Photocombobulate. I'm Mason Marsh. And I'm Jeff Carlson. Hey, Jeff, I've been wanting to talk about this for a long time. It's been a burr under my saddle, if you will. And I <laughs> got this local newspaper. I'm holding it in my hand. I don't need to say the name and I'm not going to show it, but I'm sure this is not uh, a rare occasion. On the front of this newspaper, every week when it comes out, there's a picture of a bridge that's in our neighborhood. It's a very iconic bridge here in Portland. Inside the newspaper, if you look through it, it's only like a 10 page little newspaper. It's just a community newspaper. You cannot find any kind of photo credit for the photo that is the whole front page of this newspaper. What? And yeah, it drives me crazy. So some photographer and they, they solicit, they say, hey, send in your pictures uh, and we'll put them on the front of the newspaper. Now, to let everybody know, this newspaper is free. You can get it at the grocery store. You can pick it up any place in the neighborhood. But it is filled with ads. It's not a nonprofit organization that puts this newspaper out. It's an actual company. And so they are taking a photograph from a local photographer, putting it on the front. They don't give the person credit. They don't pay them. And every year they have a contest and they show all the covers and they have people vote on them. And the winner gets like 50 bucks. Ooh, so okay, at the, wow. At the very best... For giving this newspaper rights to your image for the cover of their newspaper, you might get 50 bucks. Wow. And I'm assuming that because you live in a metropolitan area, this isn't just like a little neighborhood publication. They probably have a decent sized print run. I mean, hundreds, thousands, maybe. Probably in the low thousands, but okay, like you know, that's, it's a, it's that's enough, real numbers. Yeah, it's enough of a run that they can get people to buy ads in the newspaper. And that's, that's yeah. the key. This is a commercial enterprise mm -hmm. and it would be totally different if it was just some community organization that wanted to have a you know nice little newspaper to support community journalism. I would be all for that. I would give them a photo, but yeah. I have never submitted one of the photos. I never will. It drives me crazy. <laughs> Every time I see one of these issues, it makes me mad because I know some of the photographers and these photos of some of them are amazing photos. These photographers have worked oh. really hard uh -huh. to get these shots and they're submitting them. For the joy, I guess, of seeing their their art in print. But I'm here to tell you, Jeff, if someone's making money on that, that's not okay. It's just yeah. not. Yeah. Okay. There's so many different directions we can go from here. Because on the one hand, I'm going to take the devil's advocate for a minute. And I'm going to say, if someone is submitting their image and 
it got put on there and it makes them feel better and there wasn't going to be another option. Maybe this is not someone who sells their work or publishes their work. This makes them happy. Then I can kind of justify it because, I mean, you know, obviously this is an image that belongs to this person. They can do whatever mm -hmm. they want with it, right? But... And here, here I'm fighting my, my devil's advocacy. Both parties are getting something that they want. And so everybody seems to walk away happy. However, it still feels like the publication is taking advantage. And I'm going to just drive right through my, my advocacy here and say the problem is the photographer might be happy, but it's potentially hurting other photographers, right? Absolutely. I mean... It hurts yeah. everyone who needs to make money from their photography. And for some reason, photography especially is prone to, I'll call it a, uh, a general philosophy that our work does not have as much value because it's fairly easy to make a photograph. Yeah. You know, anybody with an iPhone, see a recent episode, <laughs> anybody with an iPhone can make a good photograph. But the truth is, there are people out there still trying to make a living with their photography. And if there is a dearth of photographers out there willing, happily willing to throw their images away for free, it doesn't create any demand for paid images. And it's very difficult. So let me give you an example. Years ago, and this I still, I get my blood pressure still goes up with this. One, but years ago, <laughs> this is gonna uh, be great. I was leading a workshop on the Oregon coast, and I got an email from a person who had seen one of my photos on Flickr. Nice. And it was a photo of a lighthouse down on the southern Oregon coast, and it was ironic because I was actually at the lighthouse. I think when I got that that email, but um, <laughs> this this person said, uh, "Would I love this picture of this lighthouse? It's the best picture of that particular lighthouse I've ever seen. I found it on Flickr." I would like to use it for the cover of a real estate magazine that is going to be published on the Southern Oregon coast and the Northern California coast. And I wrote back and said, great, what's, what's your budget? Let's, let's talk about the price for this. She goes, no, I, I don't have a budget for the photo. I would just, I would give you credit though. You'd get credit in the magazine for the cover, for the photo on the cover. And that would be good for you. That'd be good for your business. And I, and I wrote back and said, well, are you, are you doing this for free? You know, mm -hmm. are, you, are you publishing this magazine? Are you laying it out? Are you writing up the little blurbs that go inside and, you know, sitting down at your computer and laying this thing out? Are you doing all this for free? And she says, no, no, of course not. This is what I do for work. I said, then why would I give you my work for free if you're not willing to work for free? Mm -hmm. And she says, well, I can go get another photographer's image. I said, by all means, go do that because I'm not giving you mine. And she sent me an email back like two days later, I'm not sure why she did this. I must have touched a nerve or something. But no, you think so? She sent me back and says, I found a photographer who gave me an image that was even better than yours. And they gave it to me for free. <laughs> and I was like, good, Boy, for, good for you. Boy, that put you in your place. That yeah, really, really put you put in your place, place, right? And it, this happens a lot and it bothers me because I have a lot of people that I, in my classes and a lot of people that have come on workshops and people that I've encountered over the years who have talked to me about their photography and how um, they want to get they want to get out there. They want to maybe make a little money or maybe recoup some of the money they've spent on their camera gear, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And so, what I'd like to talk about today, Jeff, is the ways that people give away their work and devalue their photography in these commercial settings. We are going to talk about that by by doing this, but I want to touch on something you said because I think a big part of this 
is, uh, yes, like you said, there are lots of images. There are so many people taking photos and they have they have good cameras. They have good equipment that will take decent photos. But I think part of this, too, is photography is also a recreation. Yeah, right? it's fine. Like, yeah. like, like there aren't very many people who publish magazines just as recreation because there are lots of hard costs involved. And so we have this problem where people think, oh, well, somebody's just taking photos for fun. So I can just ask for something that they did for fun. They aren't, quote unquote, working. Right. They are just taking pictures. And <laughs> there's there's so much of that bleed over that except for people who are experienced editors and experienced publishers who know how this works, it's just assumed like, oh, well, you were enjoying yourself. You were doing this and therefore you'd be happy to give it to me, especially if I can. I can give you some exposure. What's the saying? I'm going to give you exposure. You're going to pay, pay your bills with exposure, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. So as a writer, Jeff, I mean, you're, you've been a published writer for a long time. You've been a mm -hmm. professional writer your whole career. And how often do people come to you and say, hey, writing, it must be fun for you. You're really good at it. It must be easy. Why don't you write us an article and we'll give you some exposure. We'll put your name on it. It honestly doesn't happen very often. It has happened. More likely lately, I get things because I'm associated with some publications and they don't do their research. And they'll be like, hey, we want to write something for you and we'll trade links or some garbage like mm -hmm. that, which devalues all writing as well. Absolutely. And it's usually spammy, scammy stuff. Yeah. But for writing stuff, maybe because writing is more of a profession. Actually, I feel bad to every photographer for even saying <laughs> it that way. But because writing tends to be a more generally recognized profession that takes more skill, and I'm, I'm putting all these things in quotes and italics, I think that's why people probably don't approach writers as often. I would say that I think you answered that earlier when you said that photography is a recreational activity. It is something people do for fun. Yeah. I don't know a lot of people out there that are writing tech articles for fun as a no. hobby. But no. that said, there are a lot of people out there writing poetry and then writing creative fiction and, oh, yeah. and things like that that do it free. And they... I think they oftentimes will give their work to publications for free in hopes that it will lead to something more lucrative. And this is one of the, one of the traps I think that I see with photography is people will give away their work in hopes that it will lead to paying gigs in the future that somehow, yes. you know, if I give you a sample of my work for free, mm -hmm. so there's no risk to you, mm -hmm. you will then turn around and think of me Next time you got money in your hands and you need a photo. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got, I'm sorry to laugh so hard because the reality of that is someone is going to think of you again and they're going to think, oh, here's somebody that I can get another free image out of. That's right. They're not going to come to you with money because they know that they don't need to come to you with money. Yeah. Now, I sort of feel a bit because you brought up writing, I sort of feel like I should I should mention this early in my career. I was a uh, the, the managing editor of a publication called Tidbits, tidbits.com, mm -hmm. that that was a, a newsletter all about uh, the Mac. And for many, many, many years, we we actually solicited articles and did not pay because there there wasn't much of a budget to do it. So so I'm going to stand before you guilty mm. of the thing that we're talking about. How? Okay, go ahead. I'm going to stop you. 
How Go much ahead, money stop did, me. How much money do tidbits make every year? I have no idea, but it was my at least part-time job. So I was making money. Adam and Tanya Angst, that's a large part of how they made money. And, and Tidbits continues on and makes money. So I'm sort of coming at this from the wrong direction, but I think it's a really good example of, of how much gray area there is. Because mm-hmm. when I was working for Tidbits, and I should probably say I'm still a contributing editor, and so yeah. I, I write occasionally. This time that, that I'm talking about was in the uh, early and mid-90s and mid to late nineties. Uh, the internet was very new, mm-hmm. or at least the, 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 the web was very new. The broader internet was very new. And there was, I think you could say a tangible value attached to being published in tidbits because a, this is part of what we pitched to writers when we were trying to get people to, to write for us was a, you were going to get a really good edit. The, the editors at Tidbits would do a really good ed- edit pass. And because it was a booming, small niche market, if you got published in Tidbits, that very often did lead to paying gigs in Macworld or Mac User or MacWeek or you know, some of those things. You could establish a foothold. Yeah. Now, I think that that was, that, that was really a product of the time. I don't think... You could do that anymore just because there's so many different ways to get published. There's so many different just the the Internet is much, much larger. And and I will also point out that Tidbits has paid writers now for years and years. I don't know when they started because the same reason that we're talking about this now, I think that, that if we had been able to pay, we would have. And I don't know what the breakdown of that was, but it was, it, it was a weekly publication. It was not able to, to do those kind of rates. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's a case where you've got an emerging industry an emerging mm-hmm. product and you kind of get in on the ground floor of it. Yeah. And like you said, I think the key here for people to understand this, and if you're a photographer out there or any kind of creative out there who has work that people are desirous of getting, right? If it, does if you can see that as a clear on ramp to something bigger, to something lucrative, or to something satisfying, even mm-hmm. that by all means c- consider it. I'm not. I don't think this is black and white. I do think this is discombobulated. I do think totally that, yes. You know, every case has to be evaluated, and so I, I want to talk about this idea of exposure because this term. It's we sort of joke about it, but the truth is, it is a commodity. It is a, a, a truly financial commodity. And mm-hmm. Instagram influencers are great examples of this. You know, the more exposure you get, the more views you get, the more followers you get, the more work you're, you're going to get. And eventually, the more money you're going to get. And so a great example in our neighborhood here in, in the Northwest, and I'm sure it's like this elsewhere, is we have people who go out and take beautiful sunrise and sunset pictures almost every single day. Yeah. And they post them on Instagram. And these are some spectacular images. They tend to be really hypersaturated, very eye-popping kind of images. And they'll tag every TV station in town in the, mm-hmm. in the post. And those TV stations will repost these images. And they'll say, oh, check out this awesome image of the sunrise this morning from so-and-so. Now, the great thing about Instagram is when you repost somebody's image and that tag is right there, it's real easy for people to follow that exposure back to the creator. Right. And 
take that train back to the creator and perhaps follow them and become a follower and perhaps become somebody who's going to look at their work every day and then you build your audience. And I see that as a direct avenue to success in photography these days. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's where they're trading that exposure. Those TV stations aren't paying those photographers for those images, no. but the photographers are seeing real results in their, in their work world. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the things that is interesting to me is when it comes to people using your images for financial products. And I think that real estate magazine is a really great example mm-hmm. or this newspaper here in my neighborhood is a really great example. One of the rubrics I use for discerning whether or not it's a good idea to give them art for free is if any other contributors to that project do it for free as well. Ah. So if the writers that write the articles for that newspaper are doing it for free and, the, you know, there's certain other aspects that are being, you know, doing this for exposure, then I might consider it. But if there's some fat cat sitting behind the scenes just raking in the money from the ads, I'm not really that interested in training my quote unquote exposure yeah. for, you know, them getting free, <laughs> free product from me. Yeah. And I, I think that you know, people really need to think about, you know, where the money is going. I said in, in introduction, it's about the money. You got to follow the mm-hmm. money. If there's a lot of money flowing around and none of it's heading your way, then you're being taken advantage of. I think a part of that too, is taking a real honest evaluation of what that exposure is and what it could mean. Because exposure tends to fall into this broad category of, you know, hey, everybody that looks at our feed is going to see your your image and you're going to get recognized for that. And it's sort of like, like Facebook ads. If, if you've ever dabbled in Facebook ads, you find out that if I spend you know $20 on this little ad and Facebook says, oh, you're going to reach uh, you know, 1.3 million people, it never, never, never reaches 1.3 million people. And in the case of you know, those publications that you're talking about, or maybe uh, you know, a, a billboard or something like that, you've you're not going to have a good a good analysis of of who actually saw your image or right. who who actually saw your credit especially with your little w- weekly newspaper there where there there's just no credit whatsoever so that there's nothing there and you have to think about the steps of okay if i'm doing this for exposure what is the result someone's going to see my image and they're going to say hey that's a great image and maybe they will say who took that image and they'll look that up and then maybe, and we're talking about, you know, attention spans here, maybe they will then look me up or maybe there mm-hmm. is a URL or an Instagram handle with it, but probably right. not. And by then they've moved on to something else. And so yeah. you may think you're getting exposure and you're really not. Yeah. A great example of this, Jeff, uh, years ago, a very large, very popular photography website asked me to attend a Sony event and write a review of this new camera that was coming out. Nice. And I jumped at the opportunity. They said right up front, we're not going to pay you. There's no money. Mm-hmm. But you get to go to this event, and they're going to feed you. They're going to give you great opportunities to take some cool photos. You're going to get your hands on this new tech. All you got to do is write this article for us, and we're going to run it, and it's going to have your name on it. You're going to you know, get all this exposure, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, I, you know, I didn't feel bad writing that. I worked really hard on that article and I took, there was a lot of my photos in that article and I really enjoyed the event. And when the article ran, 
I was like, okay, I'm going to watch my website, which gets no traffic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to watch masonmarsh.com and watch the analytics. And I'm going to see what kind of bump I get. And I'm, because this is a way to quantify, right? Now we're talking about Instagram or something like that. It's, it's really easy to see how many views each image got. But mm-hmm. in this case, it was going to be an actual bump. People were going to have to, to chase me down, to look me up and come and see my work. And I'm like, wow, is it going to be two people? Is it going to be 200 people? It was like 50 people. Wow. So I got 50 clicks, 50 visits to my website based on an article that was probably seen by tens of thousands of people, if not more. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that the, the experience of the, tr- of the event and writing that article and taking those photos was worth it, was worth not getting the money. But if I was doing it for clicks, I was wasting my time. <laughs> yeah. That, that did not transfer to success in my commercial business, in my, in my photography yeah. business. Yeah. And certainly no one looked me up and said, man, we'd like you to write an article for us. You know, that article is awesome. Will you write some mm-hmm. articles for us? Here's some money. I mean, that's, that has not happened. So this exposure thing is slippery and people have to really kind of fine tune their filter for being taken advantage of and think about whether or not the opportunity that they're getting is a true opportunity or if it's them being sort of least, if you will. Yeah. I, I want to talk about one that really gets me going, Jeff. You ready? This, this uh, one. I'm ready. Yeah. Photo competitions. Good God. Photo competitions. Now there are Photo competitions lot. are great. Yeah, of course. Yeah, right? right. Who doesn't love winning first prize in that photo competition? I see probably 20 of these competitions a year where mm-hmm. a visitor's bureau of, you know, let's say it's an Oregon North Coast Visitors Association. I'm making that up. They're not real. <laughs> um, we are going to run a photo competition in, in cooperation with our local camera store and cooperation with so-and-so and such and such. And we are going to give out these great prize packages for the first, for the top three images that mm-hmm. are submitted to this competition. And the competition images need to feature the North Oregon coast, Right. So people send in these images. Now, sometimes there's even an entry fee. That's where I really get excited, well, right? <laughs> I thought we were going to get there in a minute, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those are the best kinds when you pay yeah, to be in a competition. Not only am okay. I sending you a high resolution image that I've made with my, you know, all my skill and all my equipment that I bought and all the time I spent, uh, I'm going to pay you some money to look at it. So people submit these images. And if you look at the fine print of these contests, they always have this, right? There's very, I found very few that don't. If you mm-hmm. dig down in the fine print, almost all of them will say way down there that by submitting your images, you're giving that organization permission to use your images, even if you don't win. Yes. And this drives me mad because this is an organization whose sole purpose in life is to promote businesses in their area. And businesses pay this organization either through taxes or direct financial contributions. Businesses pay this organization to promote that area. So they're going to create all these ads and billboards and media campaigns that have this art that they didn't pay a gosh darn dime for. (laughs) And in the end... The most that photographer might get if they win first prize is a gift certificate that was donated by the camera store that agreed to help sponsor this silly contest. And so the organization is out zero money. They get all this free art that they have unused, unrestricted rights to. And the photographers get bupkis, right? They get nothing. 
And it drives me absolutely absolutely wild. I hate these photo competitions with a passion, as you can probably tell. So (laughs) if you find a photo competition and you read down through that fine print and you see that type of language where you're granting us rights, you need to walk away. Do not, please do not support these endeavors because what these folks have done is they figured out a way to get good art without paying good photographers for it. And that's, that's bad. That's evil. That's straight up wrong. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Two things. One, I think we now have to have something in every episode that just riles you up. Oh, God. Uh, because this is fun. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're just turning red. <laughs> no, no, no. A good, 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 healthy rant is is, is good for everybody. Got it. Uh, the second thing, let me ask you, have you ever entered any photo competitions? Not, not necessarily these kind of skeezy ones, but have you entered any of them? Yes, I will say yes. Now, not recently. So back when mm-hmm. I was a newspaper photographer, back when I had all my hair and my eyesight <laughs> and good, strong knees, I was a member of the National Press Photographers Association. Okay. And this is an association you pay membership dues to, and they're a professional association. And every month they would have a, what they call a clip competition. I'm sure they still do this. And all of the newspaper photographers in each region would submit uh, images in several different categories every month. And then they would be judged by an, a group of photographers in another region, usually a newspaper staff mm, yeah. far away in the country. And you would get ranked, you would win, you know, you'd get your first, second, third place, and then you earn a certain amount of points. And everybody was ranked on a list, uh, based on the points that they'd earned in these clip competitions. And it was, it was a, a big deal. And I, eagerly entered every month. I've got all my clips together and sent them off every month because I wanted to rise in those rankings. And at one point I was in the top 10 newspaper photographers in the Northwest. And I was so, so proud of that because I knew that if I was going to apply for a job somewhere, they were going to look at that list Mm -hmm. and see where I was in the rankings. And so for me, there was a real benefit for being in those competitions. Now the NPPA was not using these photos Um, they weren't using them to make money or anything like that. Now at the end of the year, they would publish a book that had all the best photos of the year in it. Mm -hmm. And I never got any of my photos in the book, but I really wanted them to be in the book. Yeah. And it wouldn't have meant a dime for me, but it was definitely professional exposure, which was really valuable to me. Right. Right. Well, so, okay. So there are a couple of things going on there. One, your work is being seen by other editors and photographers. So that's, that's a tangible benefit Two, you were working for a newspaper. So your monetary compensation was already covered for the photos that you take. So, you know, that's, that also separates this from a lot of these, these other uh, uh, competitions. I think what we're trying to, to get across here is, and again, this, this is all gray areas, but if you can have these very tangible things, then maybe something is worth it. Now, <laughs> part of this theme that we're that we're running into is uh, this is how things used to be because a lot of competitions now just are not like you said they're they're harvesting. So I I have entered one photo competition, maybe maybe a couple more, but um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. But you're afraid but, to say so now, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
I just, I'm just hoping you don't see my picture on that on that magazine yeah. of the of the bridge. Big big billboard of Jeff's photo. That's yeah, Jeff's exactly. Uh, I've entered one photo competition, and I actually ended up getting a, an honorable mention to the point where there was a big party afterwards, and the reason I entered this was really at the behest of a photographer friend of mine who said, oh, I think your work might be good for this. And mm-hmm. it was it was a competition. I can't remember exactly what the organization was, but it had Art Wolf involved. Oh, wow. So Art Wolf is a, a, a local landscape photographer. Yeah, just he's, a humble Northwest photographer. No one's ever heard of him. Yeah, no one's ever heard of him. So he's he's amazing. So there there was like credibility. The the event was at his gallery that he had down in Pioneer Square at the time. And so my piece, which I had to print out and uh I think I had to frame it or maybe they framed it, because it, it won, you know, this this honorable mention was was shown in this gallery and it's something that I can say like this was a real thing. One of the other honorable mentions was Nathan Mervold, who has now gone on to do all sorts of culinary books and photography. And, you know, so I shook Nathan's hand. This was it was legit. And now I can mostly say without cracking up that I am an award winning photographer. And in some places (laughs) that's worth something. Yeah, that's currency, right? I mean, that's worth something. Yeah, that is currency. But. Every th- every time afterwards, like you, I, I see these things or I'll get an email. Hey, you know, we need to enter your images to the Pacific Northwest Sunrise Invitational or whatever. Yeah. And it, it all just gets thrown away because it it just feels disingenuous. Yeah, it's right? very disingenuous. And it's 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 a very thinly veiled image theft. That is yeah. just, it's just awful. So I, I want to say this though. I want to say that there is, there are times and there are competitions out there. You have to read the fine print, yes. but there are competitions out there where the, the objectives are pure and, and, and virtues are good. And a lot of times you'll see them for organizations or nonprofits that are trying to raise awareness to certain issues that perhaps mm, yeah. you care about. And a lot of times they're environmental groups. And so the nature and outdoor photographers, you know, they'll, they'll have an opportunity to enter contests sponsored by these environmental groups. And what the environmental groups are trying to do is they're trying to get images that they can use in their, in their publications and in their efforts to raise awareness to these certain issues. There isn't necessarily you know, money involved as much as there is, there's an, there's a transaction happening. You're, you're supplying photos to them. They're out there fighting a good fight and your photos might help them win. So in those cases, I'm all for that stuff. And I've had, I had a nonprofit organization reach out to me years ago that runs a visitor center down in central Oregon. And I had taken a photo in a lava tube out there and they really mm-hmm. liked it. They saw it on social media and they reached out to me and they said, you know, we really like this image. We want to put it in the visitor center. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I've been to that visitor center. I love that visitor center. It's fabulous. I would be honored to have that in the visitor center. And they said, yeah, we can't, they were so from this. So we can't pay you for it because we just don't have any money, but we do need an image. We have a spot on this wall. We need an image for it. We think yours would be great. Mm-hmm. We put your name on it and all of that. And I said, how big of a file do you need? You know, tell yeah. me the, the dimensions you need and I'm going to get it to you because I'd be proud to be a part of your interpretive center 
and help spread the word about the science and the ecology of this particular area. You know, that photo isn't up anymore. That center's remodeled a couple of times since then. But um, <laughs> I was really proud there. I went in there one time and saw it and I was like, that's me. That's mine. And so I think there's times where giving your work away is well worth it if it helps support uh, something that you believe in. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah. And it's something that you have to feel good about. And I know that this sounds exactly like what I said earlier about, well, you're going to give it, give your work away to somebody else and you feel good about it. But this has a different feeling because you are gaining the satisfaction of helping somebody, mm -hmm. right? Because you're not really directly, you're not really contributing to the bottom line of that visitor center, right? But because you are, you know, someone who has long been involved in education and ecology and you, you care about things, like that is a good payment for you, right? Absolutely. Well, it'd been totally different if they said, yeah, we're going to sell that as a poster and we're going to make mm -hmm. a ton of money. I would have said, maybe we need to talk about that. But even then, totally. I would have thought about it. I would have been yeah. like, well, if it raises money that helps save uh, an endangered species of bat, you know, I would be down mm -hmm. for that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you do have to you have to get that stuff in writing. You have to really be, you know, uh, honest with people and be like, I'm happy to support it if these guardrails are in place. Right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about being a little bit more selfish. Right. Actually, so, yeah. Go can ahead. I? Can I jump in? Because, uh, and maybe this is what, what you're going after, but one thing I also want to bring up here, <laughs> I'm probably sh shooting your, the, the outline all to hell, uh, but it makes me think of, of th there are times when you, you do get paid, right? Mm -hmm. So, so it, you brought up that visitor center. I had, or maybe still have, um, a, a photo that I took of, uh, Lake Berryessa. There's a, there's mm -hmm. a spillway there. And, um, oh, and actually th th this was the same image that was in that, that, um, uh, photo competition. Uh, <laughs> I, I've basically only taken one image in my life. It's <laughs> Jeff's favorite image. Yeah. It's Jeff's favorite image. Uh, and so, so the, the Lake Berryessa visitor center contacted me about, uh, you know, making a big version of it. And, and we did negotiate an amount and I did get paid for it. Now, I did not get paid what I think probably the market value would be for mm -hmm. a big, you know, uh, display or something like that. But that was okay because I still got paid mm -hmm. and I was, you know, for the same reasons that you said, you know, like here's something that people are going to see, they're going to learn more and, and all of that. So there's also that category of maybe you're getting paid, but you're not getting paid what you should, but that still might work. Right. Or someone is just totally lowballing you and you're like, oh, well, I would get paid, but that's really not worth it. It's, you know, I always... did. I just blew up the outline, didn't I? I'm no, sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I, I just makes me think maybe I should have asked that interpretive center for a little money. I mean, if you were able to get some money for the Berryessa shot, I could have got some Yeah. Money. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, they only gave me a hundred thousand dollars. No, oh, it wasn't wow. even. It wasn't Rick. even Good remotely like that. <laughs> yeah. Good to have you, Art Wolf. Um, so <laughs> let's let's talk about times where maybe giving your photos away for free is good uh, is a good idea. Oh, because okay. it gives you access to things that you wouldn't have access to otherwise. So oh. I just finished teaching a class this morning to beginning photographers. And one of the photographers in the class submitted a photo of a concert, a music concert. 
And it was a really good shot of a guitarist playing and the lights were cool and all of that. And he wanted to have me critique it. And he'd asked when he sent the email in with the photo, he'd asked uh, if I had any advice for getting better access to concerts. And I said, well, you need to find a company, could be a radio station or art center, that sort of thing. Somebody Mm -hmm. that has the ability to request a photo pass for that type of an event. And you might be able to swing it where they pay you for those photos. But more realistically, these days, you're going to be able to trade your work for access and you get to shoot the concert from a good spot. You don't have to sneak your camera in. You don't have to uh, shoot from the nosebleed seats. And, you know, he was like, wow, I hadn't thought of that, that I could take some of the photos I've made and show them to them and say, hey, look, I know what I'm doing, Um, you know. If you would get me a pass, I will shoot these concerts for you. Here's a list of concerts I'd like to to photograph. I think that's a great type of relationship to foster because people on both sides are getting what they want. And I want to go back to what you said early, Jeff, when you said that photography is fun. And we talked about this a lot on this podcast about how photography is rewarding. It's Mm -hmm. beneficial. It's a good lifestyle. And I think that there are certainly things that I would love to photograph that I don't have access to. And I might have to trade some photos, some maybe trade some prints to get that access. And I'm happy in those cases to not have money change hands, but to Mm -hmm. have the opportunity to photograph something I would really enjoy and love to have that experience. Um, Dancers, for instance, you know, like a really high end ballet. I would love to be able to go to like a tech rehearsal and mm-hmm. photograph a really high-end ballet and, and get that type of photo because it's really challenging and the light would be really interesting. And, uh, you know, I'd love that opportunity. And if they said, Hey, you know, you can come and do that, but we're going to want some photos from that. I would, I would really, I would really be willing to do that. Yeah. It's, it's a great, uh, kind of door opener. If you will, photography can be a key to get into those things. I think that is the key. Part of this, I think part of what we're getting at, uh, maybe I've already said this, but part of it is, is knowing what tangible results you're going to get out of it. And that, that concert is a great example. Uh, but even like the ballet is also a great example because let's say you are going to just do a, like a year long project. You want to shoot uh, dancers mm-hmm. and maybe you can show with some work that, uh, that you take good shots and, and they let you in and you shoot some dancers. Well, you're not going to do your best work if you just go in there one day. Right. Maybe you will, but probably not. And so ideally in that circumstance, you want to be able to come back every week. You want to just make it so that when you are there photographing the dancers while they're doing their rehearsals, they are ignoring you. Mm-hmm. You're no longer a distraction on the side. And so that kind of access, it, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be, I just want to go see this show. Right. I want to be able to, to have access so that I can build up something that then, you know, the, the ballet company or the individual dancers can use all of those, those very tangible things that you, it helps to have that in mind when you start rather than just, I'm just going to go and see what I can get. Yeah. I would say that I'm going to add to that and say that there's, been a few things that I've seen in my life where photography style, photography genre, if you will, you really needed to get access. You really needed to have practice. You need to build up a body of work before you mm-hmm. can start asking for the money. And one example I can think of is motorcycle racing. And in fact, I think I was at Seattle's 
Raceway. I can't remember the name of it now, but they have motorcycle racing out there regularly. And I was out there one time with my camera and taking photos and it was very challenging to get good photos of these motorcycle racers and the places where you could get the best images were not open to everybody. Yeah. I couldn't just walk over and stand in that corner. I realized there that if I really wanted to get good at this, I would have to go and seek access and I would have to finagle my way into that situation so I could build up the body of work that I could take to people and show them and say, Hey, I'm good at this. Give me money. Now, what I saw later, and I happen to have a friend that raced motorcycles say I went out there a few times and I actually saw a guy later, a photographer out there selling prints and he would go and take photos all day. And then he would go print them in his, he had a truck cell set up. He had a printer in there and he'd print wow. the photos and he'd sell them to these guys. He'd walk around later and say, Hey, got this shot of you today. And the motorcycle goes, Oh, dude, 50 bucks. I'll totally buy that. And this guy was just cranking these prints out in the back of his pickup truck. And I was like, that's mm -hmm. brilliant. And he had figured out a way to work with the racetrack so that he had access to spots where he could get the best shots of these riders. Now, he may have given them money for that access, but I suspect that he probably traded images for that access because those mm -hmm. types of places need images to promote their, their business. So going back to the ballet dancers, if you want to be a ballet photographer, you're not going to just walk in and say, I'm a ballet photographer and start taking photos. You need to build up a body of work that's good and you're not going to get good unless you get access and you're not going to get access unless you get it through some means. Yeah. And um, I think that, you know, being strategic like that as a, as a photographer, even if you don't consider yourself a professional photographer, but that's something you want to be really good at. It, it is definitely a, a way to be strategic and to be thoughtful is to think, okay, I'm going to take step A, which is going to lead to step B, which is going to lead to step C. And yeah. who knows, maybe at the end of this, you make money, maybe you make a good living. But I think the key there is having some sort of a plan to get to that point, because I, I, I think so many of us, and I'll, I'll include myself too, because there, there are projects that I do that I'm like, I don't really know if this is going to go anywhere financially, but I'm really enjoying doing it. But being able to to have some sort of a plan for that makes all the difference. So, so one example would be a photographer named Zach Arias, and uh, you and I saw him at a, a workshop, mm -hmm. and he basically told the story of how he started. He decided he wanted to be, I think it was uh, Austin or whatever town that he was in. He so just I wanted to be Atlanta. Yeah. I think he's Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, he wanted to be like the premier indie band photographer. That's right. I remember this. And so, so he just went out and shot and, and he, I think maybe started doing some stuff for free so he, he could build up a book, mm -hmm. build up some example images. And then he started charging a little bit and a little bit because they're, they're indie bands, but maybe mm -hmm. they can afford to throw him 50 bucks, hundred bucks, whatever. Certainly not worth his time, but he very steadily built and built and built and built up ex his experience, built up his quantity of work so that, and not just quantity of work, he built up his reputation. Yeah. He built his entire business empire on this. Exactly. Yeah. So when somebody was thinking there's this new band in Atlanta or they've come to town and we need some photos of them, they would think of Zach as the person to go to. And then and then he could start charging, you know, real rates and things like that. So, again, having a plan, having an idea of where this could go rather than just leaving it up to, to chance. Like, well, you know, if I can get my photo on the cover of 
X, Y, and Z magazine, then I'll be set. Mm-hmm. Right? How many times have we thought something like that? If X happens, then I'm going to be set. And there's no guarantee. And sometimes, you know, like like you with your with your website, it it, it just did not turn into a tangible results. So I, I think to put a bow on this, I want to kind of riff on what you just said and and reinforce some things we said earlier. As photographers, it because it is a product, you know, photographs are a product that are fairly easy to mm-hmm. produce. Now, high-end photos that are specialty, uh, obviously different. But mm-hmm. photos of the, photos themselves, generally speaking, aren't that hard to produce. So it's hard to value them, hard to determine what they're worth. So when someone comes in knocking and they're asking for those images for free, it's really hard sometimes to say, well, this is what they're really worth. Mm-hmm. But what we're saying in this episode, and hopefully people get this message, if you took the time to learn and be a better photographer and not just be a you know, picture taker, you went out there and you, you honed your craft, you invested in good gear, you invested in good technology, you learned the software so you can make your photos look great. And you've taken all this time and this energy and this effort to make yourself as good a photographer as you can be. And someone notices your work because of that, there's value there. The fact that in the world where a billion photographs are made every single day, yours caught somebody's attention means it has value. And if they take the effort to chase you down and ask you if you can give them that photo, that means it's worth something. It's not for, it shouldn't be for free unless you see it as a stepping stone to something better. And you can see that tangible on-ramp, that tangible path to success, or you believe in what's happening with that photo. You think it's going to help an effort that you believe in succeed, then you Mm -hmm. should go for it. Or you really, really enjoy that type of photography. And by giving away your images, it's going to help you keep doing that type of photography or maybe even get better access to make even better images, which makes your uh, experience as a photographer more fulfilling and more satisfying. Then in those cases, by all means, give away your work, but don't just give it away because someone thought it was great because someone flattered you. That's yeah. not, that's not a good, good enough reason. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say on very rare occasions, if you want to just do it as a favor to somebody, like that's fine because it is your work, but just, just know that it has value. Yeah. And And, it has value because, you know, like I said, it has value because somebody wants it. Now mm -hmm. I'm going to wrap up, finish with this. Uh, I have a good friend who is a small business owner here in Portland And she is a Rolfist, you know, and a Rolfist is somebody who does like an advanced massage that helps align your structure. Mm. It's a really amazing science. And she came to me years ago and she said, you know, I need photos for my website. I'm going to make a brochure. Would you take photos? I'll trade you photos for some sessions. And being a guy who would love to have somebody help my back, legs, knees, and hips feel better, I was like, yeah. I'm, I'm down. Let's do this. And so I took photos of her. Uh, I liked how they turned out. It helped me progress as a portrait photographer, progress as a people photographer. Mm-hmm. And she was happy with the photos, which made me feel good. And then she gave me a bunch of sessions and realigned my spine and realigned my hips and my legs and made my <laughs> life better. And there was no money that traded hands. And here this last year, she came to me and says, it's time to do new photos. And I'm like, I'm right here. I'm ready. Cause I could use a few more. 
few more adjustment <laughs> sessions. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm here to say that sometimes, you know, the value that your photos have is in some sort of trade with somebody who maybe doesn't have the budget to pay you, mm-hmm. but they can trade what's valuable, what they make that's valuable for what you make that's valuable. And that's, yeah. uh, that's commerce too. And it's a great way to go because there's no, there's no, no bookkeeping problems with that either. <laughs> right, right, right. I feel like we should say uh, we are not lawyers, but I think that there are circumstances where you can donate your work and have like a, a taxable benefit. Yes. And th- this is going to be like something that you absolutely go look up because I don't have it off the top of my head at all. But, in, in you know, in states, are, I'm sure are different, but that can also be a tangible benefit. So there are reasons. Mm-hmm. However, I would say overall... And I'm also going to say this because there's such a trend and there's such movement towards just taking advantage of people and stealing their photos or not outright theft, but convincing them to basically let them steal your photos. There's so much of that. Uh, Just push back and know your stuff has worth. If somebody wants it, they should pay for it in some way. Yep. You should get something from that, not just a attaboy, right? Exactly. Well, I, I've enjoyed this episode. My blood pressure got up there for a while, but it's back down, Jeff. So I think, I think we're going to be okay. Do you want to remind people that we have a website? It's photocombobulate.com. And you can go there and see show notes for this episode and all of our previous episodes. This is episode nine. So we're getting up there almost, almost 10 episodes, Jeff. Can you believe it? We are going to be pressing on into the new year with lots of great ideas, but we could use some ideas from you. So if you're a regular listener to Photocombobulate, please drop us a message, drop us a line. You can find a contact uh, form on our website. And we'd love to hear any ideas you have for the show, for topics for us to talk about. And we would also like it if you followed us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and all of those socials that we adore. Definitely helps us grow and get to know more and more of you, which is what we what we love. All of that. And now my back hurts. So now I need to go find someone to <laughs> work on my back. Some photos up. Because <laughs> you mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, it's, all it right. tends to work out. Uh, do you think we've we've at least partially discombobulated this? It's it's a big gray topic, but um, I would say we've we've done some serious discombobulation. We've definitely photocombobulated. I don't know if we've discombobulation. Photo, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> we've probably done both. I Jeff. can't I believe say, we almost. I messed up our. I messed up our <laughs> own. All right. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Take care. <laughs>